Good afternoon, everyone out there in our Cats Chat circle, uh, our network, I guess, if you will. So happy to be back with us for this next episode. It feels like it's been forever. I know we were off for Thanksgiving. Want to go ahead and give the shout out. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Obviously, it's a little bit late. We're six days past that. But uh, with the holidays, Mark and I, of course, uh, we we had our family dinners and different things were going on with that. Uh, but, you know, I know you went on with your family on a little bit of a getaway for Thanksgiving and stuff. Uh, we'll go, I guess, Mark, just how you been doing, man. It's, it's been a while since I've talked to you, at least on the show. I've been doing good. It was uh, good, good to get away. Uh, we hadn't got to do that as a family, just us in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a good time. We went down to Pigeon Forge, did a little different, just woke up on Thanksgiving, had a brunch, and then went and ate out, went and ate out really nice that evening. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we had a good time. Uh, it was nice waking up every morning, jumping in a hot tub. Uh, just with the cold air, getting in the hot, it was just nice. Had a, had a good time. We were like a mile away from Dollywood. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, had, we had a fun time. We had a really good time. Did you all go to Dollywood? Uh, we did, just to kind of look at the lights, but it, it was really uh-huh. crowded. I, I figured Friday okay. it wouldn't be that crowded, so we were waiting to go Friday. Because, you know, Black Friday, I figured everyone would be shopping, so we waited to go that mm-hmm. evening. And I'm telling you, it was it – was, they weren't making people pay for parking. They were just saying, go in and good luck finding a spot. Uh, really? But, I mean, but yeah. people had already started leaving because it was getting dark. It was getting cold. So basically went in. Um, the whole family has, you know, the the season passes besides me. Hey, Johnny, how you doing, buddy? Um, so I used uh, one of the bring a friend pass. We literally went in, walked around for a bit. I went and rode the new ride, the, the Big Bear Mountain. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's probably one of the best roller coasters I've ever been on. Uh, just super fast, super smooth. It doesn't jerk you around. You know, we're used to things like the beast that would beat the snot out of you. Right. Um, you've never lived until you've been on the beast in a rainstorm. And I'm talking hard, heavy mm-hmm. rain. Um, I know that's a story for another day, but we basically rode that ride. We had to wait in line like an hour and a half. And I was watching the UK game uh, against Marshall while I was waiting in line. Uh, <laughs> okay. So. So uh, we just we rode the ride and basically went back because we are we were all cold. So right, right. I understand that. Of course, us here, uh, our I guess if you'd say our, our immediate family tradition after Thanksgiving that evening, we're ready to start decorating for Christmas. My wife uh, doesn't really like that tradition so much. I don't think once Halloween's over, she's ready to start decorating. I'm. She calls me a Scrooge. Went to me when. Uh, Halloween's over. You should be ready for Thanksgiving. I don't know why everyone in this world is ready for Christmas as soon as Halloween's over. So I like to stay true to Thanksgiving and give it its uh, recognition that it needs. And once Thanksgiving, once you eat and you get back home, then you're ready for Christmas. And when it's Christmas, I'm, I'm full uh, full flown on it. I don't know. Uh, did we, you went see a, your- we went ahead and started decorating before we left because we knew we'd be gone for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So we went ahead and decorated a little bit before Got most everything up, but okay. Well, we we actually are still decorating. We kind of well. Hey, your lights look good, by the way. I meant to tell you. This. Oh, thank you. Did you see the tree we put up today? No, I just I I didn't pay attention on the way, which I was only at church and I didn't look up the hill when I came home. But right. well, no, we've I, got a tree on the side of the house over here now. We we did it with lights today. We just where the room I'm in, you know where where my building or my house how it's laid out. The second floor, the guest bedroom, we've mm-hmm. got a uh, a star, just you know, a, a lit up star sitting on the window on the outside. So I did lights coming down to make like a tree uh, from it all the way down. So you've been busy. Well, here's the way I feel. We've got <laughs> kids that are seven, seven, and six. They're only going to like Christmas lights and being a part of this for so long because I remember mom making us put up the, our own ornaments that Granny made for us. After so far, it gets to where it's more of a job than it is actually an enjoyment. So I want to enjoy it with the kids. Let them have this enjoyment while they can, and then when they get tired of it, I'm done. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But with that being said, of course, Johnny, Mark already said hi to you. Thank you all for joining in. I see we've got nine right now uh, live streaming with us. Thank you all so much for joining. We was up to uh, 13 a second ago. We're so thankful for what all you guys do. If it weren't for you all, we wouldn't be here joining us either on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, you know, we do stream straight to formerly known as Twitter, but now as X as well. Uh, we're also on Instagram. We can't stream there or anything, but uh, of course we're on podcast as well. Mark, I'm sorry. I didn't pay attention to this as I'm sitting here talking about this. 
let me get our ticker down at the bottom. I, I, I've shrunk it down a little bit. It was too much for me. So, guys, if you want to follow us on any of the social medias, go to linktree slash Cats Cat or Cats Chat Pod, and you can find all of our social media links to everything that I mentioned earlier. So, let's get into. There's so much, in my opinion, to talk about, but we'll try to be brief with it, not dwell on it quite a bit, and, and keep hounding in what we've already heard. But since we're recapping since Thanksgiving, Mark, Kentucky has been an exciting team, both football and basketball, to watch in this six-day span, I guess you will. We'll go ahead, since I got the football background, and talk about the Kentucky game. Kentucky beating Louisville 38-31 to in really a comeback win where we were down early. I didn't get to watch much of the game. I was working, but I did turn on my game on my phone. Hopefully no one from work is listening, but I <laughs> through uh, we've got speakers, and I Bluetoothed it to the speakers so I could at least hear the game as we were working. I had it played on the phone. I got to watch a little bit as I could. How much of the game were you able to watch? Because I know weekend you was gone to. Uh, well, Saturday we were we were heading home, but I had it going on my phone as we were on our way home. Um, I had the video going, but listening to the audio, um, mm-hmm. man, it was it was a fun game. Uh, it really was. You know, it looked like Louisville was going to jump out on a lot of tension, a lot of tension in that game. Um, it's one of those rivalry games, though, that you can't really uh, you don't know what to expect going into it. You know, yeah. after the loss to South Carolina, I'm sure a lot of people felt we were going to go into lo- and lose to Louisville. But mm-hmm. let's let's just be honest, though. We, you know, playing at Louisville, I think a lot of people gave Louisville the edge. You know, and they played so well. And I mean, Louisville only had one loss on the season, and they were they were actually looking at some maybe major playoff implications if they could win that and they were showing at the beginning of the game some situations that could happen where Louisville could have had a shot to still be in the mix but uh Kentucky snuffed that out pretty quick but you know I think it all comes back (laughs) if we could put together two halves of football man we didn't play great in the first half I didn't feel like and then in the second half we just kind of we kind of pulled away um our, our defense would bend but they wouldn't break um you know, having a big special teams return by Barry and Brown, that was huge. I think that was kind of the, the catalyst or the turning point for that game. Um, you know, that made it back to what I think seven was it 17 to seven when we ran that one back or 17 to three or something of that something, nature. Yeah. And he ran it that back. I think it was 17 to seven at that point because they had just scored. And um, I mean, it's one of those situations where I felt like that just kind of gave us the, the little boost we needed to uh overcome in that one then we just kind of let ray davis do ray davis things there at the end of the game as we were driving down to win um it's just a good game i I was happy with the way we played oh yeah 100 uh of course like i said i came in kind of to the game late perfect timing to be honest with you at least watching it uh, it was the fourth quarter when i was able to i won't say sit down but at least engage into the game with my eyes uh, the very first play that I saw was just a, a regular play by Louisville on offense. The very next play, Kentucky caused the turnover. Uh, we scored on that, I think, to tie it up. And then, uh, of course, from there on, I got to be able to watch on and off. So, yeah, Kentucky, the defense, when we needed a stop, I feel like we buckled down definitely late in the game. J.J. And, Weaver uh, had a big game. Yes, uh, I think he actually got player, the defense player of the game. But, uh, I mean, Leary played well, 12 of 22 for 206 yards, three touchdowns, one interceptions, two sacks. And that one interception, though, I will say. There we go. <laughs> sorry. it was. I was just like, what are you doing? Why would you even – like, I know, I'm sure everyone in Kentucky was, what in the world was he thinking? And I, I think it's just heat of the moment thinking he could still get it there. But as he was getting hit, I, I knew it was picked when it left his hands. Yeah. Um, I think he thought hero. Uh, just to be honest, like, hey, keep this alive. It was third and nine, I think it was. We had the lead by six or by seven, and I think it was, hey, if I get this first down, the game's over. Let me let me force this. But he already had a defender on him with hand and trying to tackle him. Just eat that ball, fourth quarter, fourth down, punt it, and they got to drive the whole length of the, the I about said the court of the field for a touchdown to tie it up. That obviously is the better decision. But in the heat of the moment, Larry, I'm not going to down you. I don't know what's going on that quick. I would have tried to done the same thing. I know I would have. 
But we're supposed to say, eat that ball and don't risk interception or fumble because I thought at first it was a pick six. I'm like, man, that's momentum that's about to change. I'm really glad that didn't come back to bite us. I'm I'm really yes, and it. I mean, they did tie it up, but luckily our offense, Leary included, came back and answered right back on that. Uh, Of course, you mentioned too. I want to just kind of give a few uh, shout outs to the stats here uh, on the offensive side, just so everyone knows how the game kind of went out. But Ray Davis was phenomenal. Only had 14 attempts, but, you know, we only – I can't remember how many actual offensive plays we had. I want to say it was like 40, but 14 attempts, 76 yards, averaged uh, 5.4 a carry, had a touchdown, had the longest run of the day of 37 yards, but also even on the receiving. He had four receptions on four targets, 51 yards, and two touchdowns. So Ray Davis, once again, as always, was our, our whole offense – and I say that not taking anything from anyone else. It's just Ray Davis is a game-changing player, and when he's that talented and skillful, you get him the ball any way that you can. Uh, some of the other players, just kind of glancing through here, of course, Key, Dane Key had a touchdown. Only two receptions on five targets, uh, 25 yards total with a, a touchdown, of course. As far as the defense, let me scroll through here. Jackson had nine total tackles. Uh, J.J. Weaver, you talked to, uh, he had eight tackles, and all of them were solo. He did uh, have a tackle for a loss. Uh, of course, it was the sack. And who I had Jackson and Wallace both with 11 tackles. Yeah. According to Bleacher Report, they they had nine, or nine and eight. The, well, this is off of ESPN. Okay, right. it could be some of those team tackles that they do. You know, you, if they're close, it's a jersey, jersey number you see you throw onto mm-hmm. it. So, who knows who's correct? They just did a lot of tackling. Jordan uh, Lovett with an interception. I mean, those three takeaways were huge. That, that, yeah. That's the tell of the game. Yeah. What was it? Two fumbles and an interception, right? Yeah. And and I tell you what, man, a player that I, I enjoy watching is big Dion Walker. Man, he's yes. just, man, he's mean when he gets in there. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Uh what was he? He had so many tackles too, wasn't it? Oh, I think he uh, had five seven, solo, five seven solo. tackles, five solo. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's a big guy, uh, and I think he's back at least right now. Anyways, I think he'll be a junior. So, yeah, we're yeah, in that I, transition period where people are making their decisions. I, I know you said several have already made a decision. Yes. I, I saw most recently. It looks like Horsey declared for the NFL draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, him I and Ray Davis this. both have correct. Who? Ray Davis. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, Ray Davis declared for the draft. He was one of the first ones I heard. Really? Okay, because even on uh, the Sea of Blue, they hadn't had him on there yet. I don't uh, remember where I saw him. Maybe I'm wrong, but I swear I thought I saw that somewhere. Well, wasn't he a a, a graduate transfer? Yeah, I don't know if he had any eligibility left or not. But anyways, uh, Kenneth Horsey, a lineman, has already uh, declared for the NFL draft. Grant Bingham has already said he's transferring. Marquise Scott, I'm sorry, Marquise, maybe it's Marquise. Marquise Cox, a lineman, is returning along with Eli Cox. I think Eli's, this will be his sixth year, and Marquise, it'll be his seventh year. So that's awesome to have for the big blue yeah. wall. Both of those have been phenomenal. Uh, Crowdis is already saying that he's transferring as well as uh, Jamaris Dinkins. That is also transferring. And I want to say I've seen something. I didn't write it down on my notes uh, while Cummings we're heading to church. Cummings. Yeah. Yeah. Cummings is transferring as well. So that's what I was be... actually I was actually a little shocked about. Some people didn't seem that shocked. They said, you know, they figured he would transfer before, but he was actually getting some minutes and some reps here uh late in the season. And I but I just not any targets. That's yeah. my thing. You know, our tight ends, and that's one of the big things we talked about, excuse me, beginning of the season was how talented our uh, t- tight ends were as far as, you know, skills or playmakers. And really this year, uh, in past years, we always use them more of a, a passing block or a run block instead of catching tight ends. And I think that kind of went into play because we did allude back to that that style some. Ray Davis was wonderful all year. Um, of course, last season. Uh, and I feel like game, we didn't even use him as much as we should in some situations. No, I don't either. But uh, what I thought was most crazy about this Louisville game is when I went to the stats as a whole, I'm going to fly through this. I won't be able to. Oh, they killed us on offensive stats. They killed us on everything except for turnovers. Uh, Time of possessions, uh, Louisville 36, 22 us. 
whole yards, 403, us 289. Passing yards, 242, ours is 206. Rushing, they were over 160 yards. We had 83. First downs, they had 30, uh, 23 dyslexic, and we only had 16. Penalties, they had three penalties. We had zero. That, I think, spoke a lot of volume, too, because we have been one of the most top penalized teams in the SEC all season, and to play a perfect game without any penalties is wonderful. Turnovers, three to one. They had three. We had one. Sacks, two and two. So the total plays, they ran 76 offensive plays to our 47, and that's it. So really, it was all Louisville <laughs> offensively. It's just Kentucky made some stops, got some turnovers, or caused some turnovers, and we capitalized on those. So I'm anxious. I haven't heard anything said what kind of bowl game we might be going to or looking at. But, of course, I want to ask this, dive a little bit, and we'll get away from football because so much went on basketball as well. With beating Louisville, and now I think we finished the season, what, eight and four, I think it is? No, it'd be seven and five. Seven and five. Right. We should have beat South Carolina. Seven and five. You're correct. So beating Louisville, who was ranked 10th, I think, does that erase everything that went on this season for Kentucky? As far as no, having I mean, a success or a failure season, I'm not going to say it's a failure season, but I do believe we underachieved um, with the talent we have. I, I feel like there are several games we just didn't put together a full game. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. it is what it is. I, I'm not going to say it's a failure, but I'm going to say I feel like we underachieved on the season. Um, beating Louisville was great, yeah, but it, no, it doesn't erase losing to South Carolina. We should have won that game. It, it doesn't erase. The Missouri game where we were up 14 to nothing right out of the gate. We let Missouri – and I know Missouri's a good team. I'm not taking it. But I'm just saying, I feel like we had several letdowns in several games, and it doesn't erase any of that. But I think it does leave you with a better taste in your mouth, you'll say, because, right. like, you, you're coming off winning against Louisville. Um, and you kind of got to wonder how all this with Coach Stoops, at, you know, after the game. Is he, he's going to Texas A&M. It's a done deal. And, like, it was like a soap opera there that whole evening. Everybody like they're saying it was a done deal and that he was going and the boosters and fans had an uproar with Texas A&M about it or something. I don't know. So to know what's really true on that, I don't know. But apparently, like you said, the boosters and the fan base didn't want Stoops. Stoops acted like after we beat Louisville and celebrating with his teammates, he didn't want to go. Who knows? But well, I'm happy to be back. It's just funny because it made me laugh because I was just like, it's almost like being the last kid picked in dodgeball. You know what I mean? Like, because you, he's like, I'm a walk-in. Well, yeah, you are now because they, they decided they didn't want And I mean, I'm glad, though, because like I said, I'm not a stoop. I like stoops. I think he's right. done great for our football program and what it used to be. So I'm glad he's still here because I was sitting here going, who are we going with? Like, who who are we going to go with? Like, are they going to give Cohen a shot at a head coaching position? Like, is he going to take half his coaching staff with him? Like, I was seriously sitting here going. Marlo or Merrill would have been gone. I was like, maybe we have to go after Jimbo, you know, that just got, got let go from A&M, I think it was. So, I, I didn't know what we were going to be doing. Do what? I think we would have went for Dion. Yeah, I, I don't think Dion's going anywhere right now, man. You're telling me if you couldn't get in the SEC away from Colorado, you don't come? I'm not saying he wouldn't, but I'm just saying I don't see that as a possibility right now. I'm, I don't think I'm actually glad that we don't have to worry about that because I'm afraid I was afraid that that may be our option that people go because I mean, look at it. We would sell out because of Deion Sanders, period. He's at least somewhat familiar with the area, uh, the area in a whole because you know he played for Cincinnati. So, I mean. He knows somewhat of of the area. Uh, if he brought his boy with him, of course, I, ESPN would have been at every game. I think it would have been actually good for Kentucky football to have got him because of the hop and the more recruits that we probably would have got because of Dion. But I'm actually glad that we have Stoops and not the Dion because I went on a rant before about how I, I think it's more hop than than what it should be for him. Yeah, I, I'm just glad it, we don't have to worry about it now. Because yes. <laughs> I was sitting here going, "Man, this is gonna be crazy." But it kind of got. It's it kind of like Barney Fife used to say, "They nipped it in the bud." Like yeah, it was, it was it was done after that. 
But I mean, I'm kind of like you, wondering what bowl. Like, I look for us to get the Music City Bowl again. Of course, they know if we go to Nashville, people, Big Blue's going to travel no matter where you go. So they know they're going to sell tickets. Um, yep. So I can see it totally being the Music City Bowl again. I mean, I don't care. I mean, we had a winning season. I'll take it. And I'll just say this, and this is why I kind of asked on there. Okay. Going get week by week, I feel like you you nailed it. We underachieved this season. I feel like we should have been eight, if not nine games. I could have even seen us flirting with a 10-win uh, season this year. Georgia, I think it was the way we lost. We weren't in that game at all from kickoff till the end of the whistle. So yeah. that hurt fans, I think, a lot. Uh, losing to Tennessee, who is a good team. Uh, they're down to 21st, I think, in the top 25 now. But they were up high, and we were in that game and couldn't get over the hump. Defense could not get a stop. So that was another punch to all U.K. fans. Having Georgia – oh, did I say – I said Georgia already. Uh, losing to Missouri the way that we lost because we jumped out, I think, 21 nothing on them and let them slowly just come back and then just run over us and take over the game. We thought then we should have beat Missouri. Missouri's ranked nine now. So if you really think about it, each team that we lost to was in the top 25 and touched the top 10 all season long, except South Carolina. Yeah. So that so that's why I feel like, yes, we underachieved. Yes, I felt like we could have been better. Discipline was a problem early as far as uh, staying disciplined in the game, not discipline on like off of the field and that stuff. But as far as penalties hurting us uh, big time, you know, those were issues. And I think injuries early in the season kind of hurt us yeah, too. Yeah, linemen's Yeah. So I just want to say, yes, I feel like it was a failure, but losing to Missouri, who is now ranked nine, Tennessee, when they beat us, I think they were nine. Georgia's not lost in two years. Uh, I believe that's their three losses, and then the South Carolina. We should have won that South Carolina, but that's the I just one can't that call it a failure in terminology because we had a winning season. I mean, I agree. You did have a winning season. You beat teams. Some teams you weren't supposed to beat. I mean, I, I, I like I said, underachieving. Yes, failure. No. Right, and I'm with you. I just the way people acted at the beginning of the season or midway through the season. I have hating stoops. Kentucky can never be good. This is awful. We're mediocre. I feel like they need to kind of hush a little bit now. But with that being said, Mark, I'm tired of football. Let's go ahead and talk about what happened in basketball. Are you good with that? I'm great. So let's go ahead. I cannot talk about basketball without having this is our background, Old Rupp Arena. And also, did you hear? Uh, I've shared this on Facebook too. Rupp Arena, of course, that's been in talk for a little bit now that the uh, floor was going to get a, a makeover and yeah. uh, lose those uh, those god-awful uh, decals basically on there. But now it's actually replacing the whole floor. Like that floor yeah, is not being replaced. The whole floor is what I saw. Yeah. So soon they'll be offering probably somehow – Fanatics has reached out to them who will be taking over all memorabilia and cards of the industry soon, has reached out to UK about purchasing and trying to sell the pieces that way. I hope they don't do it because it needs to go to Kentucky fans at a cheaper price than what Fanatics is probably going to ask. But with that being said, let's go ahead and bring up our first game that we can talk about. Kentucky met up with Marshall at Rupp Arena on Saturday? No, Sunday? When was that game now? No, it was Friday. That was Friday because that's when I was standing in line in Dollywood. Yes. Uh, Puts up. Astronomical numbers as far as on points 118 points. Marshall did score 82, but when you're scoring 118, there's going to be a lot of offense on, on the other side as well. So, when I first was watching the game, I was like, Man, we're, we're letting them score at will too, but we scored 118 points. Uh, just some of the stats from that game. Let me pull it up here. Do-do-do-do. Of course, uh, Wagner had 28 points, Mitchell with 18, Reeves was 23, Shepard off the bench with 12, uh, Dillingham had 16 as well, Edwards with 10. 
Points were flying everywhere. I think we shot lots out from three on percentage. Yes, 59% from three on 16 of 27 shooting, 61% from the field complete. Uh, we only had nine turnovers, 27 assists. We had 35 rebounds to 33. Nobody was really missing. We had 11 steals and six blocks. Anything Kentucky threw up pretty much went in in this game. Well, I, I mean, mean, I feel like we play really good at home. I feel like we shoot well at Rupp. Um, you know, it didn't transfer over when we played Kansas. And, of course, you know, we had some struggles in the St. Joe's game. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people have been bringing up the St. Joseph's game. That's why they thought, oh, yeah, Miami's going to come in to Rupp and they're going to beat us. But, you know, that St. Joe's team is a lot better than what a lot of people realize, too. They beat yes. Villanova tonight, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. They beat Villanova 78-65. They – Villanova was ranked 18th, and they they beat them by 13. So okay, well, I mean, they're Joe's a lot better. Here. Yeah, they're a lot better than what I think people realize. Now, I do believe we didn't have the best game in that one. That's one game mm-hmm. at Rupp that I don't think we shot the ball supremely well in. We shot good. I think we shot decently good. But I mean, not like we have been. No, and St. Joseph didn't miss when they played us. And I don't think we've had a show since that game. Uh, since we, you know, we did that game. That game went into overtime, of course. Had everybody mm. sweating a little bit. Um, if I go back and look at some of the stats, they shot 40%, 40.5% from three and 42.7% from the field. Well, we shot 51.6% from the field and 48% mm. from three. So, I mean, we didn't shoot horrible. Uh, I just feel like we didn't play the best defensively. Uh, yeah, well, everything they shot went in as well. Yeah, they just they shot the ball really well. I mean, if we even increased our percentage by five percentage points in that Kansas game, I believe we'd have won that game. Oh, yeah. But – and I believe that's part of the growing process, and I believe we'll continue to grow. And that's what's beautiful. This is such a fun team to watch, man. They get in you on defense, and that's what I love. They, yeah, they're going to get beat from time to time, but they are active, active hands mm-hmm. all the time. And it's – it's you can look down the line, and if they're not playing the type of defense that Cal thinks they should be playing, they come out. I mean, you, you know what happens. So it's just a they're just fun. That they're they're bringing. I feel like they're bringing the excitement back to UK basketball. They really are, Mark. And I even put this on Facebook during the game, which we'll get into a little bit in just a second. <coughs> Excuse me. Rupp Arena has been. How do I say this? I can't stand – I came so strong on that. I don't like Kentucky basketball playing in Rupp Arena compared to when you see some of these other college teams playing, like the Duke uh, at their home uh, arena. Where yeah, the, we got the fans right on the floor. Right yeah. there. And then you go to a U.K. game, and it's been like this for years, where you have like the whole lower section are spectators. They're not even fans. It's like, you know, it's almost like – we have to attend the red carpet event and it's Rupp Arena where Kentucky basketball is playing and we have to show up, you know. Uh, yeah. So they got loud in that Miami game. That's what I was going to say. Like, I even put on Facebook, it's like, I haven't heard Rupp Arena erupt like this in a long time. So, and I even seen uh, on X, formerly known as Twitter, a lot of people saying on that as well that Rupp Arena hasn't been this loud in a while. So, yeah, everyone is already jumping on the bandwagon for this team. And I say bandwagon not in a bad way. Everyone is falling in love with this team. And I honestly, personally think it all starts with Tyler Eulis, just a tad bit. The unselfishness that he plays with uh, when he played at Kentucky, even on at Phoenix Suns, uh, pass first uh, point guard. I feel like every time there's a timeout or anything, he's in each player's ear saying, hey, you know, you had that look. You can get that look anytime. Make that extra pass. So and they are very unselfish. You know, the Miami yeah. coach even was going in on that. Like he, he yes. was talking about how unselfish they were. Yeah, uh, and going back to the Marshall game, 27 assists on nine turnovers. Like the team's not really turning the ball over in November. Like this is – those nine turnovers is usually when you're flirting with the February times. Yep. So they're they're making the right pass already. We'll go ahead and pull up the Miami. Of course, Kentucky Yeah, I'm takes sorry. It's kind of hard not to talk about that game. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Kentucky takes on Miami, the number eighth overall in the uh, in, in NFL. What am I saying here? On the NCAA, and of course the score. I didn't want to put it up because I was already making this a day early just to be prepped on everything. But uh, we scored ninety five points 
to Miami 73. This team is unreal offensively. Just the way that they score in in bunches and quickly too. Um, Jay Billis was talking about, you know, towards the end of the game, we were milking the clock. You know, we were trying to take 20, 25 seconds off the shot clock, run a, a stagnant motion. He's like, Kentucky don't know what to really do. They're trying to, to take all the time they have to can, but – they play in like 14, 15 seconds. They're shooting, you know, so, so fast this is weird to them. Yeah. So, I mean, even with the stats from last night's game, just going to go straight through here. Of course, we all know Reed had the most points, but uh, I'm sorry, not Reed's Reed. Reed's had 18 points. Mitchell with 14. Thero had set a nine. Edwards stepped up a little bit and got some big buckets for us at 11 points. Wagner only had five. We'll get to what happened there possibly. Shepard led all scores with 21 and uh, Dillingham with 12. So that's just the point to what we all did. And, of course, going through the team stats as well, we shot 60% from the field, 43 from three-point with nine of 21. Free throws we shot 17 times. Uh, we made 12 at 71%, only had seven turnovers. But, again, 26 assists. What's crazy is we only had 29 rebounds. Like that's crazy. Like I'm pretty sure well, Oscar she had 35. It's not like they out rebound just like crazy. But I'm just saying, like that's how much we were making. You know, like there's yeah. not wasn't that many. Like Oscar Shebway had this many rebounds by halftime last year. It seemed like. Speaking of Oscar, yeah. got called up to the big show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, be watching. I think his debut will be Tuesday. I think it said Thursday. Miami Heat. I thought it said. Oh, is it Thursday? Okay, so I'm. They should I'm play Thursday against tomorrow. Okay, wow, awesome. So Shibway is making his NBA debut. Hopefully, get some minutes. I, I've seen a story on him talking about when he got well, went undrafted and signed with the uh, Pacers on a two-way contract. That uh, through the workouts and scouts and everything, he asked one of the scouts, "What is the G League rebound?" Uh, record for a year and they told him and I don't they didn't say what the number was and they said that he just laughed and started walking away and said that'll be easy to do so I mean at least you know he's got his mind straight and he's got glasses now I don't know if you guys heard the story about Shibway but uh he he went to an, an eye appointment I guess you will and apparently this whole time he's been half blind in his eyes uh the man come from I can't remember what country he's from but Apparently, he's never been to a doctor for his vision or anything, and now he's uh, got better glass or got glasses to help with his vision, and he's scoring in bunches in the G League with rebounds. I was going to take a picture. What he actually grew up in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, Congo, okay. That's where Shibuya was from. Yeah. I seen a post. I think it. I think it was on Instagram of what his stats have been so far. Let me go and pull that up real quick. I apologize. Oscar Sheboy. It was double-digit rebounds and points so far. Big-time double. Like, not just like 10 or whatever. I would say it was like 18.5 points and like 12.5 rebounds a game or something like that. Or maybe flipped. I I don't remember. Uh, It was really good stats, though. Let's see. I tell you, one thing I do want to talk about with this Miami game, though, I really like the way that we didn't settle for bad shots. I uh-huh. saw several times where Reeves would pass up a shot and drive the ball. Uh, yes. Edwards looked explosive going to the rim. Um, I just I thought that was a, a good change of pace to just see us pass up some of those easy shots outside to take the ball to the basket for the you know the higher percentage shot. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I was really happy to see. And you know you mentioned Wagner. You know, with his injury, you kind of wonder how that's going to play out. You know, people were talking last night. I heard even even speculated they thought he tore something. They didn't know. Um, But they're talking like it's more of an ankle injury, so hopefully it'll be something he can heal from and get back quick. Um, And I'm wondering now if we won't see a little bit of Bradshaw in the game this weekend on Saturday. There's a report that Cal Perry said – yeah, said that he will. He's expecting him to play Saturday, if not Saturday, next Saturday. I can't yeah. find that post. I'm so upset. No, you're fine. Oh well, can't find it. But of course, we're at 35 minutes, Mark. 
I'm hoping we might get some comments from you guys that are viewing right now. <clears throat> my question for you, and it may be like a question of the day. I don't know. We may start this. Who knows? Like a little segment here. Question of the day. Should Reed and Rob be starting? I've heard a lot of people talk this. You see it all the time on Facebook. Of course, before you answer or give your thoughts on that, here are his total stats, and I'm going to go with uh, Reed, who had an outstanding game. Eight of 13 from the field, five of nine from three-point, one block, three steals, only one turnover, and a plus-minus of 36. Plus 36. And, of course, Are you talking about Reed? Right. That was just Reed there. That was just yeah. Reed's he's leading stats. the nation in plus minus. Yeah, that is unreal. And there's even reports that he may be a one and done now. Uh, I see a blue again wrote an article about how he could possibly be a one and done or working his way into a one and done this season. So my question to you, Mark. Let's debate it if you will. Maybe we're different. Maybe we're the same. Do you think, and especially with Reeves being or uh, Wagner might be in hurt now. Do you think Reed Shepard and Rob, or do you think either one of these guys should be starting from here on out? And please, okay. guys, get in the comments. Let us know what you think. As a fan, yeah, I want to say, yeah, Reed and Rob should be – okay, I want to say that. As a, eyes. as a coach, I'm not a coach. I don't, I'm not in there day in and day out in the practices. I don't know the chemistry of this team. Right. Coaches have a feel for that. And right now, the position that Reed and Rob are in, man, when they come into a game, they give us a burst. And, like, it's the whole game changes. Do you have that same effect if you're starting the game? That's, you know, and that's something you're not going to see until it happens. Now, I believe Reed or Rob will be getting a start on Saturday uh, for the simple fact that we're now down Wagner. I don't think mm -hmm. he's playing that game. I think they've resting for that one. Um, man, like I said, do I think Reed and uh, Reed and Rob both deserve to be starting from the way they've played? Certainly, they they they, they could they could you could make an argument for that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, as as I'm not there, I'm not the coach. I don't know the chemistry on this team. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Reed or Rob care. I don't either. I don't think any of this team would care. I think that they just want to come out and play. That's what they want to do. They want to come out and play. And, they, man, it's just they're so unselfish as a team right now. I mean, it doesn't matter if you start or not. They're all going to get minutes. You know what I mean? They're, they're all going to get minutes the way it's going right now. And my thing is we've been playing this well, and we don't even have a seven-footer on the court yet. We're not in full strength. Man. <laughs> And I think that's why a lot of people are getting behind this team is like, you know, we're good. I mean, let's just be honest. Like, if it looks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. We good right now. Right, quite, we're, not even, we're not even full strength. Like, we we have 21 feet in three players that are not even playing right now. And, of course, now Wagner's going to be on that. Of course, we're hoping Bradshaw's able to play. So, hopefully flip-flops and we still have that many, I think, eight players. But, yeah, we're not even at full strength running right now. But to go with the question, I was hoping we'd be a little bit different. I, I'm actually kind of with you. Uh, as a fan, I want to celebrate with them as much as possible and see as much read time as I can get and, and Dillingham's craziness as well. But I honestly think they are the flame. I'm not even going to call them a spark. But they are a flat-out flame coming off the bench to come into the game. Do what? In fuego. And, and, and just to take – take over like I think fans a lot we we weigh too much on the who starts you know and how that comes to like a mark I start I start I start but it's really who's finishing like if it's a close game it's who's going to be the closeout lineup and every game that's been close Reed or Rob has been into those closing lineups uh, Rob I think was in going into St. Joe's final minutes uh, Reed was on the bench and then in overtime, Reed was the last few minutes in the game there too. So I honestly think this lineup is so versatile. I think it's just, hey, this is what we have. This is what we're going to go with, guys, and we're still going to make it work because even though Reed and Rob are coming off the bench, they're still getting starter minutes and having starter production, and the other guys are too. 
it's just it is what it is. As far as the chemistry that you're talking about, I think the chemistry is so good on this team that it doesn't matter. Well, it's like, like you, you have know, seven starters already. You know, a lot of time when you have starters and then you have subs, when you bring the subs in, you're losing a little bit of that. We don't lose anything if, if no. in fact, you don't get better. So I'm not going to be like a devil's advocate and say that if Reed were to start, his plus minus would come down more because he's not going against, quote, the second string units on the other team. Well, but it's not Maybe. as much like the NBA in college. There's not really – I mean, right. they don't do the whole second second team. Well, in. Right, and I'm not just going to go that route. Like, I, I do think it would fall some because it – just for the fact that it has to. I mean, if you but, get more minutes, it's going to fall. <laughs> it's yeah. no doubt. But what I like about having uh, Dillingham and Shepard come in off the bench is I feel like we play even faster when they're in there. Oh, and yeah. it's almost a complete change of pace after. And I think when and what I'm saying and with my hesitation there is when you play Kentucky basketball right now against Kentucky, like there is a speed that you have to match on that. Like you can yeah. see some of these other teams playing catch up. And so once that you kind of – in baseball, I relate this, this, you know, if you see a 90-mile-per-hour fastball constantly, that's what you get used to. And then all of a sudden that 100-mile-per-hour fastball comes in, it's tough to hit that. But if you have that 100-mile-per-hour fastball first and then the, the reliever comes in at 90, it's looking a little slower. So I like for the fact it's almost like, hey, we're hitting you full speed on this, but we have an extra an extra, an extra gear to even move faster with the other guys. And that's why I think they should stay on the bench. I'm sorry, Mark, I didn't read that comment. In my opinion, I'd be like, yeah, they can start, but better think twice, though. I'm, I'm with you, Johnny. So I hope more guys would uh, and gals, of course, would comment on here what your all's thoughts because on Facebook it's Reed needs to start. Reed needs to start. We understand the, the points and, and the stats and everything, but I think Calipari really hasn't worked out well where he, they're both coming off the bench and continuing to press on the pace and everything as the second unit. I think what I love about this the most, though, is I don't think Reed Shepard got a lot of respect, uh, especially around here. Uh, coming Here's out of one the, um, Eddie Creech says Reed should start. Period. You got to <laughs> elaborate though, Ed, because I mean I know the stats are there, but why why change anything up? And I'm not trying to get you to holler. You, you want to mess with the chemistry. That, that's my thing. I just don't want to mess with the chemistry this team has right now. I don't want someone getting down on themselves right now because I, I honestly believe Reed and Rob are fine playing the way they're playing right now. I, like I, mean, I said, one of them will have to be starting on on Saturday. Right. I, I right. wouldn't see any other way around it. Um, Unless Bradshaw moves in uh, to the center, Mitchell moves to the four, and Reed's point guard – and uh, Trey, the the two. Did I leave anyone out? Yeah, but I believe you need either Reed or Rob in there at point if, if Wagner's not in there. I, I think Reed. Let's not put uh, Dillingham at point. I'm sorry. He, he He's a little wild child to me, I, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, well, I'm saying, but I'm saying one of those guys would have to run point. I don't, I don't think they're going to have Reed right. run the point. Um, not that even, he, uh, even as minutes, Reed's as far as in the Miami. Reed's with 37, Mitchell with 30. Uh, Thero with 28, Edwards 28, Wagner 10, of course, Shepard with 30, and Dillingham with 20. Like, I mean, they're all even. The best player on the team in any sport at any level is a starter. He is our best player, just my two cents. And, of course, Johnny doubling down with that with the bingo on that. Here's my thing, though, and I hope I'm not – by all means, I'm not saying that Reed is a bad player, Okay. Reed deserves and gets what he says. And of course, Jerry's saying that Reed or uh, Eddie is not wrong. Reed, stats wise, mental wise, uh, positioning where he puts himself offensive, defensively, is our best player. Yes. But is he our best talented player that, you know, has, has so much more of a ceiling? And I guess I'm playing a little bit of the neg- the opposite side of this. Is he maxed out here? Because, you know, like, is this what he does best? And he does it best. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. And then the other players have more of a ceiling, more talent, and that they can keep on going. Because, I mean. I'm going to agree with Eddie. All around? Yeah. He's the most – he is a general on the court. You can't tell me one other player on that team that had a higher basketball IQ than Reed Shepard. 
Not trying His to, to court vision is amazing. He's like you said, he's a floor general. He he knows when to pass, he knows when to shoot. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna disagree that I think he's not the best player on the team right now. I, I won't disagree with that argument at all. I won't disagree and I won't agree because these guys, like, we're only and the reason why I say it is we only see a little bit of them still. Like, it's most teams you've got. <laughs> excuse me, six, seven players uh, deep that play the 25, 30 minutes, and that's it. Like, we've got eight guys that we're playing now, and we got three guys that are going to be taking some minutes too. Like, we only see them for 15 to 20 minutes, and that's it. But I do think Reed is the smartest player by a landslide, and it's no disrespect to any other players. Uh, would you sit uh, Kobe Bryant on your team instead of starting him? Okay, see, y'all are going to come at me on this, but that's okay. <laughs> and it's fine because Reed is the smart guy. He makes the other players better when he's on I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I'm not disagreeing with anything you guys say. I just wonder if he's the most talented player. Do you all feel that way? Because he's not jumping out of the gym like everyone else. He's not as fast as everyone else. He's quick and he can jump. Don't get me wrong. But is he the best athletic player that we have? But here's my question. Do you have to be the best athlete to be the best player? I agree. No, you do not. I've coached and, many athletic kids that their athleticism kept them from being good basketball players at times because they would I get agree. running too fast, the ball bounce off the backboard. And I'll be honest, with you, like, like Eddie just said, who do you trust the most with the ball in their hands? To me, that's Reed Shepard. If he's controlling a point guard position, I do trust the thing. My only argument for not starting Reed would be Cal knows the chemistry of this team right now and how things are going in practice. You know what right. I'm saying? So that would be my only argument. I don't know the behind the scenes. I don't know the chemistry of the team. That's If you're just looking at playing ability and all this, yeah, I think you should be starting. And what I love about it is he got so much hate like everybody, oh, he's only going to Kentucky because his dad was Jeff Shepard. <laughs> oh, that's great. Andy Creech, that's a good point. He's Yogi not. Okay. I mean, and you look at, okay, you want to talk about it? Look at uh, Luca. Luca's not the most athletic person in the world, but man, he can make you look foolish on a basketball court. I agree. I agree. So, he is pretty athletic. He got so much hate, and people were like, oh, he's just going to ride the pine. And I'll be, mm -hmm. I'll be honest, when I saw the, the team we had coming in, all the talent coming in, I was like, man, I'm worried he's going. But I tell you what, I, I know the you know, you know where he comes from. He's Jeff Shepard's son. The boy's going to work. He's going to work hard. And that's what he's done. He's went up to Kentucky, and he's worked hard. When he's got his moments, he's proven that he deserves the play in time, and he deserves that PT off the bench. And – I'm like, I mean, like I said, I'm like you guys. I feel like he's a good enough player that he could start. Yes, but I can't. Jared. Oh, Jared. Yeah, he can. I mean, he he can ball straight out. Yeah. And you know, people are eating their words right now. You know, the people are oh, he ain't ever gonna play. He's just gonna go up there and sit on the bench. It's great that he made the team, but he's not going to see the floor any. But well, again. I'm not saying I disagree with you all. I'm just wondering if the reason that he's not starting is because he's not the most, the fastest, the biggest, the strongest, or anything. And I'm okay with that because I'm going to go back with some of you guys on some of these comments here. But, you know, the reason that I'm okay with it is because when it's crutch time, the fourth quarter or the second half, four minutes ago in the half to end the game, he's on the court because he does. Uh, provide with all those. You can trust him with the defense, the the hands, the offense, the run and everything. So I think it's okay that he's not starting. So that's where I'm at. I don't think it's that big of a deal if he starts or not. I do think he is our veteran, which is crazy because he's our freshman. He's like the Darius Miller for our team, you know, the guy who doesn't do anything spectacular where everyone's like in awe. But if you need a bucket, he's got that little two dribble under control, hezzy, hezzy, and jump at the free throw line to get that bucket. Like he's just that clockwork. Uh oh, what? I'm just laughing at 
I saw this one. Which single player do you not want to be on the opposing team if not on our own team? Which opposing player? Ooh, I like the way you put that. Okay. And then this comment from Jared, the well-known Cal hater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jared, I'm so glad that you're always here. You're a faithful, and I do appreciate that. And, and, and you're on both sides, and I love that. But, again – I don't, I don't know if you guys think that I'm hating on Reed. I think he is by far our smartest, our best defender as far as team defense, uh, or, or the right decision-making, runs the place the correct way, looks for the exact right spot. He's got everything. He's marking them all off. Completely agree with you all. But I just – I'm going to stay mellow a little bit and just think that he's not the athletic. He's not jumping out of the gym. He's not that guy. So I think that's why he went under the radar. And I'm kind of like Darian right here, like we've been talking about. The starting part, to me, doesn't matter. I think we put a little too much hype on that. It's like you, Bam. When he comes in, it's that it's that other gear. When him and Rob come in the game, it's like we, we get a little, oomph, a little extra fire under our tail, and we just go after it, man. <laughs> Tell me we don't. Because, I mean, it, it is. It's true. You look at that second half. When we came out and started the second half, did you notice Reed started – well, of course, Reeves was out too. But. We came out and punched him in the mouth, man, mm-hmm. in that second half, and they were like – they didn't know what to do. And they did not – we did not allow them to shoot the ball well from the three-point line. And one of the big takeaways I got from that game, early on in the season, we saw some of our players trying to get into the passing lane, but then they would lose their de- defensive positions because they were mm-hmm. lunging into the passing lanes. Dillingham was kind of bad for that early on. And he would get a couple – He'd get a couple steals, but I'm saying I've noticed they've cleaned that up some. They're starting to stay back. They're starting to get in those passing lanes at times where they don't get out of defensive position. And I'm like, Carter, I don't care who starts as long as they finish. My thing is I'm going to trust the coaching staff right now to keep doing what they're doing because right now it's working. Yes, Mark, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you this. You say you trust the coaching staff. When you say that, who is it that you're really trusting, though? What person on that coaching staff are you trusting? I think several of those assistants and and different people on the team that you see on that bench, man, I see each of them grabbing a player. You know, every like you're talking about Ulyss. He's one of them. I'm all Ulyss on this team. I see Ulyss everywhere on this team. I'm sorry. That's the guy I'm trusting. Well, because they're scrappy, man. They come out, and like I said, they get after you defensively. They get after you offensively, and they smack you, and you don't know what happened. That's yeah. why I said – I was talking to somebody about it. I said, I think that's why I enjoy watching them so much is because they're they're like in fifth gear all the time. Yep. There's no slacking up. If they get the ball, they're looking to run. So – yeah. Uh, to me, it's almost like the movie Days and Confused as far as the title. When you're playing against Kentucky, they're so fast and so physical, you get dazed and confused with what's even going on. Like they punch you in the mouth with offense, and you don't even know where you're at now, and all of a sudden you're on defense, and they already just yoked one in your face or hit a three because somebody penetrated through the, the lane and kicked it out for the open guy on the rotation. They're just so fast. I absolutely love it. But Eddie's got a book. I want to bring it in so we can see here. You beat me to it. Go ahead and read it, Mark. You know I'm horrible at reading Lack of starting won't show in blowout wins. Do we beat Kansas or have a better shot at winning if Reed starts? Again, excellent role players do have coming off bench roles, but I still stand on this simple statement. The best player on any team in any sport on any level starts. He is our best player. End of story. Now. End of story. Like uh, This is our show, Eddie. This ain't end of story. You know, you want to bring up the Kansas game. Reed and Rob both got in foul trouble. That really hurt us in that game. They got early two. Both of them had two early fouls, and they couldn't play a lot in that first half. That really yep. hurt because I believe while they were on the court, we were playing really, really well. Absolutely. So that I think that's an issue too. You you got to work through with young players is teaching them to play that that defense without fouling, teaching them to play that that aggressiveness and. uh and I'll be honest, he says he'd coach Cal, he, he would trust Coach Calipari. I'm not saying I, tr- I trust the coaching staff. There's a lot of – like, it's not just Cal making every decision. He's got a lot of people in his ear talking to him. In but Ulyss, Cal always takes the blame because he's the head coach. Oh, yeah, definitely. 
just going back, kind of my part of what Eddie said here about the lack of starting won't show in a blowout. But if if he's starting against Kansas, do we have a better shot? You basically answered it too, though, Mark, because you said he didn't have the minutes. It's not so much starting; it's just the minutes. I don't know why we get hung up a lot on the the starting five. You know, like it's great. You you can say it. Like you know, I remember thinking, "Hey, my eighth grade year at Ross Point, I started every game but one because I." May have done something a little bit bad, and my dad was the coach, so he wouldn't start me one game. That's well, I know that they may have. That was probably most definitely. Probably a bunch of other games you didn't deserve to start either. Okay, quick story. It was the Panorama and Ross Point hosted, and I went into the locker room with a buddy to to start, you know, getting in our uniforms and stuff. And he had a a can of Axe body spray and just kind of hit himself. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, it stinks in here, and I sprayed the whole can. Turns out it was a team that was playing can. I didn't know it, so, you know, I kind of got in trouble for that and couldn't start one game. But I still got my minutes, so that's okay. Uh, let's see, we got some comments coming in. He definitely needs a good staff because he doesn't. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. We, we appreciate that. So why do the best players start? Who says they start? Is there any importance to starters then? If so, why? I don't think there's importance to starters now. I, I really don't. Uh, going with NBA, you know, Tyler Hero two years ago got sixth man of the year. He was the third best player on that team. But he won sixth man of the year because he played with the second string. That's just what they did. I'll even go with the Lakers in this when they had uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook. Obviously, those were the three best players, but Westbrook went to the bench for better rotation and chemistry going on with the team. Now, Eddie, I know you you big time in football. If if the best player is the quarterback, obviously you're going to start him because, you know, that's they play. It's kind of weird for that. But as far as basketball, I mean, if your starters are getting 20 minutes for, of the playing time and your second string's getting 10 and he's the best player, obviously that's a problem. You need to fix that. But if your starters are getting 15 minutes and your second string's getting 15 minutes – who cares who's who because you're going to want the last guys finishing the game be your best guys. So that's where I don't get hung up so much on the starting. Do I think he should be – would he start for any other SEC team? Probably so. But the way that this team has just gelled together, I think it's completely fine. And here's another thing I didn't say. Uh, if you ever played ball, if you're a starter your whole life, coming off the bench can be difficult, can be weird. Maybe these other guys don't know how to come off the bench and keep themselves prepared. Uh, I, I remember this, uh, Mark, you know, the one year I did play college basketball over at Alice Lloyd College. It was weird for me to come off the bench because going from, uh, of course, the senior year starting, I'll say that, senior year starting basketball in high school, but then then go to a college level and play off the bench, it was hard because – you would go out there and do your whole warm-ups and everything, get ready for the game, and then you go and set for five to ten more minutes and wait until you play. And then when you get thrown into the game, it's 90 miles per hour right from the get-go. And I remember getting caught in the mouth so much just to go into the game because I was so nervous. Maybe Reed's like, hey, I can handle this. I know I'll be closing with with the, the best five. Go ahead, guys. I can come off the bench. Kobe Bryant, who you said earlier, he actually chose to come off the bench there for a while in his early NBA career because he was more comfortable and it was better for the team. You're obviously not going to bench Kobe Bryant unless he really wants to and thinks it works out better that way. So let's go here. Uh, is there any importance to start? Oh, I already did it. There are two examples out of – sorry, I'm right. Love you guys. Uh, love for what you all are doing. Fun times and need – uh, Reed needs to start. Period. That's all he. That's all he cares. <laughs> we, we love you, Big Ed. You guys, if y'all want to, you can go find Eddie on all social media, especially on Eddie Facebook, Creech. on at Eddie Creech. But uh, so, I think it's a great debate, and I think everyone's correct in everything they say. With My thing is, I see arguments both ways. I, I really do. And, and like, here's the thing: you got to look at too. Edwards, I've not seen him play a full game up to his potential yet. You know what I'm saying? He's getting better. I agree. <laughs> oh, Jared, but uh, <sighs> I don't think Edwards has played up to his potential yet. I don't even think we've seen the best of Wagner yet. 
I mean, we've got a lot of talent on this team, a lot of talent. And not mm-hmm. all of them have, have shown out yet. Reed is definitely one that has started out hot, and he's, I, he's playing the way Jacob. that I knew he would play and he could play if he got the opportunity. So let me ask you this, you guys, while you're listening here, and, of course, you, Mark. If Reed starts, let's say he starts uh, tomorrow, which he probably will. With I'm saying with Reeves and everyone else. Reed is, we don't play tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday. I thought you said we play Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. Thursday is uh, Oscar Sheepway. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, uh, Reed Shepard, blah, 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 number 15, just like his daddy. Okay. <clears throat> Game's going on. Reed does well, plays well. Has a great game. Let's say Reeves comes off the bench, just in the hypothetical. But Reeves doesn't know how to play off the bench and has a horrible game. Is it better to start Reed so he can get more minutes and have the less production from other players because they've not had that role their whole life? Because these players are are straight-up starters their whole high school, junior high, everything, AAU, which Reed is too, don't get me wrong. But Reed has already adapted to it. So would it be better to start Reed and then mess with the chemistry of what we going on already or just keep rolling with what we got? Man, we could debate this all night. And and, and I'm I agree, but I'm just saying like and that's for one the thing record, that I, I do need to tell Jared, Reed's mom's actually very nice and she looks at intense at ball games cuz that's her baby on the court and she was a baller. Like she was a good basketball player as well, and that's why she looks so intense out there, man. Had over a thousand points at Kentucky as well herself. So I just think that could be a thing too. If Reed plays uh, as a starter, do these other guys uh, would they take a big hit as far as their production of knowing how to play off the bench and be that fire themselves or the spark? Or just keep rolling with what we got and Reed knows what to do and Dillingham does well as well. Uh, coming off the bench too. She wears the. Jared, you got to stop, man. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There we go. As long as he's comfortable in that role, I don't think it's a big deal. And that's Very what I've been saying. We don't know the chemistry behind this team, and I don't feel like any of them really care right now. I think they're just gelling and they're playing well together, and they just want to keep it going. What I love is I seeing do. all the players on the bench jump up, get excited. Uh, you know, even Big Z, I see him jumping up, getting excited. I, I wish no. the NCAA would hurry up and make a decision on that poor boy and quit playing him, you know, make a decision. Canter all over again, boys. I hope not. That's what I'm afraid but, of. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're we're over an hour. We could keep going on with this for days, really. We, we probably will address this the next time Reed has a good game someone doesn't. <laughs> but, Jeff back on with us for long as well. Yes, actually, uh, we'll go ahead and say that. I said that at the beginning. Oh, okay, gotcha. So uh, we'll be announcing this, guys. Uh, we are have been talks with Jeff Shepard, you know, Reed's dad, and it looks like he may be joining us next uh, next Wednesday for our next episode. There we go. Jeff will come back on here and talk about what's going on with the team and everything. Maybe he can shed some light for us on this. Uh, Jeff, I think, would be interesting to have a debate this with us. I'd like to see what he would say about it. But I'll be uh, making these comments next week, Jared. Yes, Jared. You're going to have to control yourself a little bit with with Jeff being around. So uh, we're excited to announce that. Uh, We've got some other things in in the working as well. Hopefully we can get those through. I will say this. We haven't done this, Mark. I've not mentioned this to you, but I've got a couple extra cups myself. Uh, My wife actually bought them. And I think what we ought to do is kind of do a giveaway to somebody soon on that. Hope he doesn't show. <laughs> so uh, be looking out I'm for that. Every crowd is Jared. Yes, it's Jared. We're thankful for it. Uh, Jared, I don't think you were here last week when I was able to show that I had the card that you gave me like a month ago, two months ago. But it is in my possessions now. So I've got the Ellie De La Cruz card. But as I was saying, uh, Hey, I love her. Oh, love her intensity, he said. So, guys, be paying attention to our social medias. We'll probably do like a uh, a follow or a like and share. Uh, I agree, Mark. It's about time you got me that card. And uh, get, do a giveaway on our cup. Maybe we'll give it to Jeff Shepard and say he's the winner. Who knows? 
But, uh, yeah, of course, go and follow us on all the social media platforms, guys. We do appreciate that. You can go into that right down there at the bottom. It is linktree, linktr.ee slash catschatpod to find all of our social media links. Go and follow us on Spotify, Apple Pod, or Google Pod so you listen to the show later. Excuse me, as you travel on any podcast that you listen to. Yeah, but I do think this go ahead and wrap up our show, Mark, because like I said, we could kind of talk on this forever, and apparently I get in the hiccups. So, Mark, where can everyone find you? I think they all know. You can find me at mlawson15 on X. You can find me at Big Daddy Lawson on Instagram, Mark Lawson on Facebook, or Big Daddy Lawson on Xbox Live. I like how every time you say Big Daddy Lawson, there's like that big country accent that you got to go with it anyways. Big Daddy Lawson. Uh, for myself, it's MDLawson00 on pretty much every social platform there is. Uh, I would appreciate it if you also follow my NBA podcast as well. It's MNC. Of course, that's the letters MNC for Michael, Nick, CJ. MNC Hoops. We stream live every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time and just cover the whole NBA. We do appreciate that. And follow us on podcasts as well. But uh, with that being said, Mark. I think that's got everything covered. Anything else we need to say or announce? If you want a shirt, let us know. We can get those ordered for you as well. I need to find a way, guys. If any of you all know how to get Johnny's, I promised Johnny we was getting him one. I'm still waiting on it. But if any of y'all have any kind of connections or know how to run a website, I'd love for us to have like a website where we could post some of this stuff, where we could take orders that way. Maybe even get some of you guys writing articles and have those out as well about Kentucky sports. We'd love to partner up on some of that stuff. But with that being said, as always, as we end the show, most important, number one, love God. Number two, love others. And number three, love Kentucky sports. God bless.